On behalf of the Bowen family, I'd like to welcome each of you to the services today. And we are not gathered here to mourn for Miss June, but we are here to celebrate the life that God has given to her and the fact that God has given her life everlasting. And what a joy it is as someone who knows Christ as their Savior to have that great confidence. Just a few days before uh, Miss June passed and went home, they called and asked if I could come by the house, and she wanted to make sure that uh, I did the funeral the way she said. So I I hope we do it all the way she wanted it. Uh, We sat there for a good while, and she went through the service and said, this is what I would like. And uh, I remember her saying when I went in there, she said, I'm just tired, and I'm ready to go to heaven. And I thought, well, what a joy. In the middle of stuff that is going on in her life and all the pain and all the suffering to be looking forward to going to heaven. And uh, I was talking with some folks a little bit earlier, and I said, you know, it's interesting that nowhere in Scripture does it tell us not to mourn. In fact, the Bible says, blessed are they that mourn. But uh, we are instructed by Scripture that we're not to sorrow as others which have no hope. And so the tears are fine. I think God allows us to grieve. In fact, when Jesus was on this earth and his friend Lazarus died, the Bible says Jesus wept. I know he wept at the Garden of Gethsemane as he sorrowed over the condition of those that were lost and those that needed to be saved. And so Christ knows and understands our heartache. He understands our sorrow. Hebrews tells us that we don't have a high priest that is not touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He he understands. He has sorrowed along with us and knows the pain and the sorrow that we bear. But June today is more alive than she's ever been. And uh, this is just her body, the temple that was given to her, the tabernacle that she had in this life. And just a few days ago, I love this song that we started the service with. She wanted it to be the first song of the, of the funeral service. Just think of stepping on shore and finding it heaven of touching a hand and finding it God's, of breathing new air and finding it celestial, of waking up in glory and finding it home. And I remember when they sent notice to me on Monday, that Monday that she had passed, and I was on the way to the house, I remember thinking, I'm jealous. She got there before I did. And uh, I thought, wonder what she's thinking right now. It had just been a few moments that she had been in heaven. And I thought, I wonder what she's thinking right now. All the sights. There's no more pain. She was healed instantly. And to take those first breaths of heaven's air, to be able to spend time with her Savior, her precious Savior, to see Him for the very first time. To see friends and loved ones that had gone on before. And we've shed a lot of tears, but we don't shed them for her. We shed them because we miss her. I was watching the uh, uh, folks come in, and I took some time myself to look at the pictures in the back. And I saw a lot of smiles in those pictures, a lot of people that were around her smiling, and I found her smiling. And I thought this thought, it's because of all those smiles that we have tears today, because it's those fond memories that we have, those wonderful things of her life that we hold most dear that cause us to miss her even more and to sorrow in our hearts for ourselves that we have a part of us that is now gone for a short while. I told the family earlier, I said, with the things going the way they are in this world, I I have no doubt that the return of the Lord Jesus Christ is going to be very soon. It may just be that it's going to be a very short period of time. And it may just be like she's gone on a vacation for a little while and we'll be reunited again. And the interesting thing is the next time we get to see June, we don't have to ever say goodbye to her ever again. We'll get to be with her for all of eternity. You know, the Bible gives us promises like that. It teaches us these things. And it tells us that this is for our comfort. This is what helps us to, through the tears, have peace in our hearts and to be comforted by it. And if there's ever any comfort to be given in a in a funeral service, it always is going to be found in the Word of God, the promises that He gives to us. We're going to take some time today to look at her life and to talk about some of the things that God has blessed her with. But we're also going to look at Scripture. And one of the things that she told me about, she said, Pastor, I want to make sure 
that you share with others how to go to heaven. And we're going to take that opportunity today. I'd like for us, if we would, to bow our heads and ask for the Lord to bless as we have this service together today. Father, we do pray that you would bless all that is said and done here. May we not only follow the wishes of June, but also that we would follow your will, that we would be pleasing not only just to her, but also to you, that we would do as you would want us to do, and that we would be able to point men and women to you that they would understand their need of a Savior, that they would be able to rejoice in the homegoing of Miss June, even though we sorrow for the time that we have left in this earth, the time that we will spend without her as part of our lives, but yet we rejoice in her eternity and the fact that she has been healed. We look forward to the day that we'll be reunited once again with her, and we pray that you would help that to be soon. And we ask that you would bless all that we say and do here today. Bring comfort to the hearts that are grieving. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> June Darlene Bolin was uh, age 78 of DeSoto, Missouri. Passed away Monday, January the 17th, 2022, in her home following a courageous battle with cancer. June was born January 1st, 1944 in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, to William Clifton and Rosa Nell Hardwick. June met her late husband of 52 years, Jerry Frederick Bolin, while playing tennis. That sounds typical of her, doesn't it? Always active. I was talking to Ron earlier. She made me tired watching her. I can't believe the energy she had. And no, no doubt met him playing tennis at Capaha uh, Park in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. They married June 16, 1962. June was a devoted wife, a mother, a grandmother, a sister, and a friend, and she dedicated her time to prayer and to caring for her loved ones. In addition to her parents uh, and her and husband, June is preceded in death by her sisters uh, Myrna and uh, Don Lynn, Lindenkamp and Joan and John uh, uh, Massa. June is survived uh, by her daughters Desiree and uh, fiancé Eric Long. Uh, and uh, of St. Louis, and uh, Renata uh, and Peter uh, Stolhens of Destin, Florida, and Faith, and uh, her uh, significant other, David Abernathy uh, of Richwoods, Missouri, and her son, Paul, and his fiancée, Christina Cantrell of DeSoto, Missouri. Her sisters, Norma uh, McKee of Festus, Missouri, and uh, Donna uh, Janes of the Villages of Florida, Brothers William Paulette, uh, James uh, Hardwick, Jr. of Greenbrier, Arkansas, Roger Hardwick of Bellevue, Bellevue, Missouri, numerous grandchildren and several great-grandchildren, and her beloved friend and companion, Brother Ron Olson of uh, Barnhart, Missouri. Uh, June completed her master's degree at Weber University and retired as an international program management specialist from U.S. Army Aviation and Missile Command at Redstone Arsenal in Huntsville, Alabama. June was an active member of Keitha Heights Baptist Church. She enjoyed playing the organ for church services and playing the piano, traveling, attending events with friends at the Community Center of DeSoto, and spending time with her Mary Kay customers and friends and delivering meals on wheels. What an amazing life this lady has lived, and uh, what a joy it is to have known her. We that are gathered here today know that she's touched a lot of lives, some that aren't even able to be with us yet today, and yet we rejoice in it. At this time, we'll have some songs. June is my favorite sister-in-law. I think what I liked about her most is because she always seemed to be on first-name basis with Jesus Christ. And over 50 years that I've known her, I've never seen any change in that. And that was always an encouragement. And uh, But she's not abiding, and she don't live in this body anymore, but she's actually residing residing today in heaven. You know, that's different. And I wondered, why would she ask me to sing? Well, she ain't here. 
This song that we're going to try to sing is What a Day That Will Be, and uh, reminded of a story when old uh, Andy Taylor and little Opie was sitting on a log outside of Mayberry, and Opie said, Pa, when's the Lord coming back? And Andy said, Son, we're not on the planning committee, we're on the welcoming committee. We don't know when he's coming back. Sometimes he comes and gets some of them early, you know. But uh, we know he's coming. He's coming. So y'all pray for us as we sing this song. What a day that will be. There is coming a day when no heartache shall come. No more clouds in the sky, no more tears to dim the eye, all is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a day, glorious day that will be. What a day. When my Jesus I shall see, and I look upon His face, the one who saved me by His grace, when He takes me by the hand and leads me through that promised land, what a day, glorious day that will be. There'll be no sorrow there, no more burdens to bear, no more sickness, no more pain, no more parting over there, and forever I will be with the one who died for me. What a day, glorious day that will be. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see and I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his rest. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through that promised land, oh, what a day, glorious day that will be. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see and I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through that promised land, oh, what a day, glorious day that will be. So I will be reading the scripture, John 14, 1 through 6. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, in the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus says to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I'll be reading Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. 
He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Change. 
thinking a few thoughts as I was looking at some of the photos in the back. I had heard some stories that Miss June had shared with me over the years regarding things that she had done in her life. And I'll tell you, she she's a lady that had a full life. I will tell you that. And I thought of that as I was looking at some of those pictures. And I thought, boy, she's, she's done so much. And she packed as much into life as I think any one human being could ever pack into it. And then this thought struck me, as full as her life was here on earth, it's even more full now that she's in heaven. And uh, the fullness that she experienced here was just the tip of the iceberg. It didn't even scratch the surface of what she's going through now in heaven. And uh, then I looked at the places that she had been. I I saw some pictures back there. It looked like she had been to Venice. Maybe Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I saw one picture. It looked like she'd been to Venice. She had a picture of the Eiffel Tower. And uh, she had one picture. I don't know where it was, but it looked like Antarctica or somewhere out there in the mountains. I mean, she had been everywhere. But can I tell you this? Out of all the places that she had been in this life, no, nothing could compare, compare to where she is now. And out of all this life that she enjoyed, heaven is so much sweeter. Amen. The Bible says that eye is not here, and eye hath not, here, eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither entered into the heart of man the things which God hath in store for them that love him. And I love that song. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. All the pain, all the suffering, all the, the sorrow that this life has is worth every bit of it when we think of what we have to look forward to. And you say, Brother Greg, how can you be so confident of that? Because June had shared with me numerous times that she believed what the Bible said. And the Bible told us that uh, everybody is a sinner. Romans chapter number 3 tells us that says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And she understood that. She said, you know what? If the Bible says it, doesn't matter if I agree with it or not or whether I like it or not, I'm going to believe it. And so she just took God at His Word. She said, I'm just going to believe what He says about me, that I'm a sinner. And you say, Brother Greg, you're, you're here to talk about Miss June and you're calling her a sinner. The truth is, the Bible calls all of us sinners. And every one of us, from the pastor down, have, are sinners by nature. It's, we're born into it. And, uh, but aren't you glad the Bible doesn't end with there? If that was the only message it gave, we'd be some of the most sorrowful people on the earth. But I love the wonderful passage in John chapter number 3, one of the great, great love passages of the Bible. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, 
that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I remember sitting in the living room of a man by the name of Brian a number of years ago, a good friend of mine now. And he had been raised, uh, he was about 40 years old, he had been raised in church. His parents were both deaf. And I remember uh, talking with him. He was 40, a little over 40 years of age. And he knew all about Jesus. He knew of the Christmas story. He knew of the death and the burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I said, I was sitting there talking with him. I said, Brian, why did Jesus do all of that? And he said, I have no idea why Jesus did all that. I said, He did it to pay for your sins. The Bible tells us that He loved the world so much that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The truth is, because we're all sinners, we're all destined to perish. We wouldn't have the hope of heaven. The Bible talks about a place called hell for those that do not put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And one of the great joys of Scripture one of the great, the reason we call it the gospel, the good news, is because it's great news that you and I, who are lost in our sins and cannot do anything to save ourselves, God looked down and He said, I sure love those people. I know they're lost in their sin. I know there's nothing they can do to save themselves. So I'm going to make a way for them. I've heard people say, well, Pastor, I don't think a loving God would send anybody to hell. And I agree with that statement. I believe that a loving God would do everything in His power to keep men and women out of that place. Even if it meant sending His only Son to die for someone who is a sinner. Romans chapter 5, it says, But God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It would be one thing if you and I were, were not sinners, if we were righteous to have a God come and pay a penalty or a payment that we could not pay. But to do it when we were sinners, all I can say is what a loving God we must have. What an amazing God we have. And June knew these things. She saw them in Scripture and she said, I may not like it, I may not understand all of it, but I'm going to trust Him, I'm going to take Him at His word. If He said that's what the case is, then that's what the case is. If He said that's what He's done for me, then that's what He's done for me. In Ephesians, Paul writes this, For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I ask a lot of people, how do you go to heaven? And you know, most of the time I get this answer, well, you've got to live a good life. Or uh, you've got to go to church. You've got you to do the best you can. Can I tell you this? What the Bible tells me is that my righteousness, that's the very best I have, are as filthy rags in the sight of God. If I'm trusting my works, if I'm trusting the things that I can do, I'm lost. A rich young ruler came to Jesus one time and said, What good thing must I do to be saved? And Jesus told him, said, Go and keep all the commandments. That'd be a good thing, wouldn't it? Any of you here ever kept all, don't raise your hand, kept all the commandments? I know we haven't. I know we haven't. All of us have broken at least one of them. This young man said, this I have done from a youth. And you know what Jesus told him? He didn't say, congratulations, you made it to heaven. He said, now I want you to go out and sell all that you have. And I want you to give it to the poor. You know what Jesus was telling him? He wasn't saying if you sell all you have, you'll go to heaven. He was trying to show the fellow, you can do everything right. You can love people unbelievably and give them everything you got. And still not enough. In fact, the truth is, there's not one thing you and I can do to get to heaven. It's only by the grace of God. Amen. You know what the amazing thing is about God's grace is? We don't deserve it. We don't earn it. I was talking to a fellow a couple months ago and sharing how to go to heaven. And he said, you know, I just don't think I've, I deserve that yet. And I said, you're exactly where you need to be. If you deserved it, it wouldn't be grace anymore. In First Thessalonians chapter number 4, Paul writes these words, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. 
And this is what he says in verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. There's two promises given here. There's promises given to those that have, the Bible refers to it here as sleeping. But he says this in verse number 15. And he says, uh, This we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ, I'm sorry, verse number 14, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus, notice this, will God bring with Him? Amen. Why? Because they're already with Him. That's right. The Bible says, and Paul wrote this, absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord. Amen. The other day, Miss June closed her eyes, took her last breath, and in the next moment was looking into the face of her Savior. Oh, what a joy. What a joy. So there's a promise for those that sleep in Jesus, and there is a promise for those of us that are still alive and remaining. And that is that the Lord's coming back one of these days. I hope He does it during my lifetime, because I don't like these funerals. I'd rather we just all go together. But I believe it's going to be soon. It's interesting that Paul writes this. He says, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, Samantha read just a few moments ago from John chapter number 14. Thomas said, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? And Jesus made this statement, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. In Titus chapter number 2, I love this passage of Scripture. It says this, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation. There's that unmerited favor again. The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Every one of us have the opportunity to be saved. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. When we get saved, we trust Christ as our Savior. We ought to live, notice this verse, looking for that blessed hope, the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us, that He might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto Himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Paul was a master of writing things like this. Oftentimes, after speaking of heaven, he would say, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Or in this case, he says, These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Put them in mind in verse number 3, to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to get ready... Uh, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. This is what someone who's put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ does in their life. Can I tell you this? We read these words and we look at Miss June's testimony. And because she had trusted Christ as her Savior, God came into her life. And the Holy Spirit moved in and made her a new person. The Bible says old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We thank, we thank the Lord for Miss June and her life. And oh, what a blessing she has been to so many of us. You say, boy, she was just a great person. No, she served a great God. And she would tell you that if she could stand here today. Amen. That God had made such a difference in her life. She put her faith and her trust in Him. And the Bible says this in verse number 3. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceiving, uh, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy and hate, hateful and hating uh, one another. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And I tell you this this morning, we can, we can rest assured that Miss June is in heaven today, not because of 
all the good that she did in her life. Not because of how impactful she was in the people that she touched and the lives that she was a part of. This June is in heaven today because she trusted what the Bible said to be true. She put her faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people who believe in God. In fact, the Bible says there's going to come a day where there's going to be people that will stand before God and say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in Thy name and in Thy name cast out devils? And He's going to say, Depart from me, I never knew you. The reason is because there are a lot of people who believe that God exists. They believe that there is a God. The problem is they don't trust Him. They don't put their faith in Him for their salvation. They don't come to the place where they say, I can't do it myself. And if I'm ever going to get to heaven, it's not going to be by what I've done. It's going to be because of what Christ did for me. And so I'm going to trust that. What Christ did for me on Calvary to take me to heaven. Not what I do, what He's done. You can belong to every church in the, in the world that there is to belong to and not make it to heaven. You can be baptized as many times as you want to be baptized and not make it to heaven. If there's not the faith that we put in the Lord Jesus Christ. I was thinking as I was getting ready for the message today, I thought, if June could stand here today, I wonder what she would want me to tell you. And I didn't have to wonder about that because she told me what to tell you. <laughs> she said, Pastor, I want you to make sure that people know that the only way to get to heaven is by putting their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the only way. King David, who was one of the great kings of Israel, shortly after he sinned with Bathsheba, God brought judgment to him for that sin. And the baby that was conceived out of that uh, illegitimate relationship fell sick. And uh, David began to mourn. He put on sackcloth and ashes and was in mourning and pleading with God to spare the child's life. And uh, finally, the child died, the Bible says. And the servants were scared to go tell David. They said, uh, if he was that way while the child was yet living, how is he going to respond now that he's dead? And David perceived and understood and knew from their whisperings and what was going on there that the child had died. You know what the Bible says? Something very peculiar. It says David got up and he washed himself. He bathed himself and he ate. The servants were puzzled by that. They said, why were you mourning while the child was Yet here, and now that he is gone, you rejoice and you live your life. And David made this statement. He said, I cannot bring my child to me. He said, I can go to him. Can I encourage you in this today? If there was anything that would be such a wonderful joy to the heart of June, it would be if every single person in this room knew beyond any shadow of a doubt that they had put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that they are trusting Him to forgive them of their sin and cleanse them of that sin and give them a home in heaven for all of eternity. Not trusting the good that we can do. Not trusting our church membership or how much money we give to people or how nice we treat folks. But by simply trusting that Christ paid the price for me and I'm just going to put my faith in Him. I'm going to let Him do the work. That's what He's promised to do. June trusted what the Bible said. If there's anything in this day that we could get out of this day, it would be to make sure that every single person sitting here today would say, I want to make sure of this. I want to make certain that there's going to come a day where I get to see June again. And the next time we see her, we don't ever have to say goodbye. We get to be in heaven. The Bible says, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And Paul finishes that passage by saying, Wherefore... Comfort one another with these words.
know the Lord sang this with us one time. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so Are we ready? If the Lord were to come back today, are we ready to go to heaven and be with our Savior? I'm thankful that heaven's going to be wonderful. It's beyond what we can ever imagine. It talks about gates of pearl, streets of gold, walls of jasper. But heaven's not going to be heaven because of how nice it is. Heaven's going to be heaven because our Savior is there. The Lord Jesus Christ. If He were to come today, are you ready to meet Him? Would you be able to tell June, I'm ready? If God were to take us by way of death today, are you ready? Have you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? If you've not done that, you can do it today. It's nothing special. You don't have to go through some kind of big procedure at a church. You simply need to bow your head 
And in your heart, let the Lord know I'm putting my faith and my trust in what you've done for me on Calvary today. Save me of my sin. Allow me to go to heaven. And oh, I'll tell you this, God will be a God of His Word. Not one time in the history of God has He ever lied, nor will He ever. Let's trust Him. Let's take Him at His Word and be sure. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's pray together. Father, we're so thankful for the hope that You give us. That, Lord, even in times of sorrow and great sorrow, Lord, there are hearts here that were so so much opened and our love was poured out to Miss June and, and her love was poured out to us. And, Lord, the sorrow, the hurt of the loss is certainly real. But all the joy to know that if we have our faith in You, if we're trusting You for our salvation, that this is not goodbye, that we will be again reunited one day, and then to be able to spend eternity rejoicing and praising You alongside of her. Oh, what a thrill that is, what we look forward to. And Lord, through the tears, may You bring great comfort. May You bring joy through the midst of the tears. Bless the remainder of the time that we have spent together here with friends and family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And this will conclude our portion of the service.